As we have seen, there are two main ways in which one can define where his Mokma Shavisa for Shabbos is. Again, the Mokma Shavisa is the center, the place where one is considered to be living on Shabbos, and from which he can travel 2,000 Amas in every direction. And one defines where his Mokma Shavisa is by being there when Shabbos comes in, or by preparing an Erev Tuchumim with food, and making sure that the food is in that place when Shabbos comes in. The question of our Mishnah is which of those two methods is the primary method, and whether anybody can use any of the methods or not. So we learned in the previous Mishnah about somebody who is outside of the city. So when Shabbos comes in, his Mokma Shavisa is defined as the place where he is right now. And so the Mishnah says that V'zayi Sha'omru, this is what the Chachom said, He'oni Ma'ariv Baraglov, a poor man can make an Erev with his feet. What does that mean? That means that somebody who does not want to take food somewhere, he can't necessarily afford food to take as an air of. So he does not need to take food, rather he can do it by just going there and making sure that he is physically there when Shabbos comes in. And Omar Bimeir, Bimeir said, he takes this literally, Onu ein lonu ela oni. We only have a poor person, meaning this only applies to a poor person, but a regular person who can afford food has to use food. Unless he is inside his city and therefore his Mokmash Visa is defined as his city, the only way he can change his Mokmash Visa to be somewhere else is by having food there, and it's not enough for him to just be there when Shabbos comes in. Possibly because it's more recognizable if you actually put food there, so people realize it's not just that you happen to be there when Shabbos comes in, but people can see you actually prepared an area of Tuchumen, you're designating this as your Mokmash Visa, and so according to Meir, ideally one can only use food. If he doesn't have food, then he's allowed to do it with his feet. But the main primary way of making an Erev is by using food, by making a real Erev Tchumen. On the other hand, Rabbi Yehuda says the opposite. Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yehuda says, Echad Oniv Echad Asher, whether a poor or wealthy person, can change his Makamash by just going there and being there physically when Shabbos comes in. Because the Omru Ma'orvim Bapas, the Chachom only said that you can make an Erev with food, only to be more lenient and to make it easier for a wealthy person, so that he doesn't need to go out and make an Erev with his feet, it's much less convenient for him if he needs to actually be there physically when Shabbos comes in. But if he can do it with food, then he can just send somebody to place food there. He doesn't even need to do it himself. And it's much easier for him. So that's why Erev Tuchumim works with food. But says Rabbi Yehuda, the main way is to actually physically be there. The food is just a replacement of you, and therefore certainly that will work also for a wealthy person, according to Rabbi Yehuda. It should be noted, by the way, that a traveller, we saw, is able to define his Mokamash Visa as the place where he is physically, and he does not need food, because a traveller is technically considered to be poor at that specific moment. Somebody who left the city to go towards a neighbouring city, which he is making an Erev for, meaning the people of his city make him a messenger to place food within 2,000 Amas of the city as an Erev Tuchumen, so they are able to travel to a neighbouring city, which is less than 4,000 Amas away, but more than 2,000 Amas, so they need an Erev in order to get there. So they appoint this person to place the Erev down so that the people of the city can travel to the neighbouring city on Shabbos. So this person left the city, was on the way to putting the Erev down before Shabbos came in, and then he met somebody, and his friend told him to go back to the city. For whatever reason, he convinced him to turn back and not put the Erev down. So now the people of the city certainly cannot travel to the other neighbouring city on Shabbos, since they intended to make an Erev with the food, and the food was ever placed down there, so there was no Erev for them. However, the Mishnah says that who, 
that person, that messenger who was meant to put the food down, Mutulelech, he is permitted to travel to the neighboring city on Shabbos, since he did leave his original city on the way to putting the Erev down. So as soon as he left his original city before Shabbos came in, he intended that his Mokimash Shavisa should be where he was going to put the Erev down. Now it's true that in the end he didn't actually put the food down, but his intention was certainly already before he put the food down, that his Mokimash Shavisa should be in that place. And therefore indeed it is, and he would be able to travel to the neighboring city. On the other hand, all the people of the city who was not that messenger himself, they are forbidden since the Erev was never actually put down, and since that's how they designated the messenger to make their Mokamash Visa, if the food was not placed down, then their Mokamash Visa remains, as always, their city itself, so they only have 2,000 Amas from the edge of the city. The Rabbi Yehuda, that is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Meir says, Anybody who is able to make an Erev with food, but he didn't actually do so, so in a case such as our Mishnah, he is considered to be a Chamor Gamol which, as we saw a few program ago, literally means a donkey driver and a camel driver, because when one drives a donkey or he leads a donkey, the donkey walks in front of him, whereas the camel walks behind him. So if he is leading both a donkey and a camel, he constantly needs to, lo- needs to look in front of him and behind him. So in terms of a ruvin, this refers to somebody who is bound by two different chumin. So whenever you've got a doubt as to where one's Mokmash Visa is, he's considered to be a Chamor Gamal, and he can only travel somewhere where both the Tuchumen allow him to travel. And in this case, the mayor has a doubt. Some explain a doubt as to whether the person's intention was really that the Mokmash Visa should be over there, or perhaps when he returned to his city, he changed his mind and he decided that his Mokmash Visa should actually be in the city like regular. Others explain that the doubt is whether he's considered to be poor or not, because as we saw in the previous missioner, Mimeir holds that only a poor person can make an Erev without food. So this messenger is not considered poor, but perhaps he is considered to be like a traveller, who is considered a poor person when it comes to Erevin. So since he went out of the city in order to, paint, to put the Erev there, perhaps he's considered a poor person already at that point, which means that his intention to designate that place as Mokmash Visa did work, or perhaps he's not considered a poor person. In this case, he's not really a traveller, he's just a messenger. But either way, Meir is in doubt, and therefore he considers this person a Chamor Gamal, who is bound by both the Tuchum of the city's Mokmash Visa, and the Tuchum, the 2000 Amas, of the other Mokmash Visa, where he was going to put the Erev. Somebody who exited his Tuchum, so he's allowed to travel 2000 Amas, but he travels further on Shabbos, Afilu Achas. Even if he only travelled one extra Amma, so he travelled 2001 Amas from his Mokamash of Yisa, he's not allowed to enter back into the 2000 Amas Tuchum. Now we've learned earlier that somebody who leaves the Tuchum is allowed to travel four Amas. We had a discussion whether it's four Amas in every direction, or perhaps four Amas in total, so only two Amas in every direction. But either way, that does apply here as well. So if, let's say, he is one Amma outside of the Tuchum, he is still allowed to travel back into the Tuchum, but he can only travel two Amas or four Amas. When the Mishnah says Le Yikonis, he can't enter the original Tuchum, that means that he can't use it again. So he'd be able to travel another four Amas back into the Tuchum, but he cannot use the 2,000 Amas. He would not be able to return to his city because he has lost that Tuchum totally. Now, Abeliezer argues, Abeliezer holds that if the original Tuchum is within your four Amas, then the four Amas is really considered to be a continuation of that original Tuchum, and you never really fully left the original Tuchum, and as such you can still make use of that and return back to your city. 
Now, a few inch nice ago, we saw that Rabbi Eliezer is of the opinion that the four Amas which are given to somebody who left the Tuchum are not four Amas in every direction. Rather, it's two Amas in every direction, which makes four Amas altogether. So, continuing with that opinion, Rabbi Eliezer says, Shetayim, if you left a maximum of two Amas outside of the Tuchum, then you can re-enter the Tuchum and make full use of the 2,000 Amas. But Sholish, if you left three Amas outside of the Tchum, so that means that the two Amas which you have in every direction don't take you back to the original Tchum. So this two Amas, or this four Amas, is not considered to be a continuation of the 2,000 Amas Tchum, and therefore Loyakonis, you cannot re-enter the original Tchum, and all the more so, if you do, you would not be able to use the 2,000 Amas, rather you only have two Amas in every direction. Right, there are a number of different ways to explain the next part of the Mishnah. We're going to take one approach, and the Mishnah refers to somebody somebody who's outside of the Tchum of a city when Shabbos came in. So, for example, a traveller who is two and a half thousand Amas outside of the city when Shabbos comes in, and he has intention that the city should be considered his Mokimashavisa. Let's say he thinks that he's within the Tchum, so he said that he says that that city should be considered my Mokimashavisa. So in this case, he's shown that he does not want the place where he is right now to be his Mokamashavisa. So he does not have 2,000 Amas from where he is right now. Rather, he should really get 2,000 Amas from the city. But he is right now more than 2,000 Amas away from the city. So we view it as if he left the Tuchum, and therefore can only travel 4 Amas, already from the beginning of Shabbos. So the Mishra says that somebody who is outside of the Tuchum of the city, Afilu Amaachas, even by one Amma, but he designated that city as his Mokamashavisa, Loyekones, he is not allowed to enter into the Tuchum of the city, and the way we're understanding this is that he can't even enter further than four Amas away from where he is right now, because we view it as if he is outside of his Tuchum. Now Rabbi Shimon argues on a technical point, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says, Even if he is 15 Amas away from the edge of the Tuchum, he can still enter the Tuchum and then actually enter into the city even. Because the people measuring the Tuchum do not give exact measurements because of those who make a mistake. We're going to learn in the next parak how they would measure the Tuchum of a city, but once they had measured it, they would mark where the edge of the Tuchum was. But Rabbi Shimon is saying that they would actually bring the mark in a bit more. The mark would not be at the end of 2,000 Amas of the city, but it would be 15 Amas inwards. And this was so that people who weren't careful, and by mistake took a step out of the mark, or a few steps, they would still be able to turn back and enter back into the city, because it would still really be considered part of the Tuchum, because the mark was not at the edge of the Tuchum. Now where do we get 15 Amas from? So the next Peric teaches that the way they would measure the Tuchum was by using ropes, and each rope was 50 Amas long, and so they would use 40 of these ropes in order to reach the 2000 Amas mark. However, when holding the rope, there would be one person on each end, and they would hold it with their hands. So the distance of a fist on each end of the rope, for each of the 40 ropes, needs to be taken account of, because that wouldn't be part of the measurement. So for each rope, which was 50 amas long, two tefachim of that rope, plus one etzba, one finger width, was not measured as part of it. So two tefachim plus an etzba times by 40, is 15 amas. So that's why the marker would be a bit inwards, and they would do that on purpose, they would do that intentionally, so that people would not end up making a mistake, and not being able to return back to the city. Perik Hamish to Aleph, this is the final Perik discussing the laws of the Yerivin After this we'll go on to discuss other types of Yerivin. 
like Erevei Chatzeris and Shetav Mavoyais. And the main focus of this parak is how exactly the Erev Tchumen will be measured from the edge of the city. Now, there is an area outside of a city called the Ibur Ha'er, which refers to the few houses and different structures which are just outside of the city, but are considered to be an extension of the city itself. Ibur literally means something which is pregnant, but it's also used to refer to things which are sort of an extension and added on, such as an Ibur Hashona, when another month when an Adashini is added on to the year, it's known as an Ibur Hashona, or a month which has 30 days instead of 29 days is considered an Ibur HaChodesh. So here too, when it comes to a city, the structures just outside of the city are considered to be an extension of the city, and therefore the city's Tachum is measured from the edge of the Ibur Ha'ir, the edge of all of these added parts, the extensions of the city. So the mission asks, Ketam Amnes Ha'arim, how do we define what is included in the Ibur Ha'ir? If there was a house which was going inwards a bit, and then another house which was outwards a bit. So the edge of the city, it's not as if all of the houses are in a straight line. One house is more inwards to the city, one is more out. Or if there are ancient towers built into the walls of the city, and again, one of them is more inwards to the city, one of them is going more outwards, outside of the city. It stretches a bit further out. If there were old ruins of a house, as long as it's still standing quite a bit, and it still has at least two or three walls, and it's at least ten tefachim high, and bridges where there's a some sort of hut, some sort of living place either on top of the bridge or underneath the bridge, maybe for the tax collector to live there or to stay there, buildings which were on top of or next to graves, which one is technically able to live in, and so the person who guards the graveyard might sometimes stay in there. So all of these things are considered significant enough to extend the city, and therefore they bring out the measurement, they only start measuring the 2000 Amas corresponding to them, and there's a ma- an imaginary straight line where the outermost structure is. So wherever the furthest out house or building or structure is, we draw a line over there, straight line, and the entire 2000 Amas from the entire city only begins from that point. Now another very important condition which the Mishnah has not yet mentioned is that all of these structures need to be within 70 and two-third Amas of the edge of the city or of the previous structure towards the city. So you could technically have, let's say, the edge of the city and then 70 Amas away you've got one building, another 70 Amas away you've got another building, another 70 Amas you've got another building, and all of that will be considered an extension of the city. But if, let's say, after the city ends you've got a building which is a hundred amas away from the previous building, then it would not be able to be considered part of this city, and the imaginary line would be drawn earlier on, and from there would be measured the 2,000 amas. So the Mishnah explains that we make it like a squared tablet, a squared board, which as we saw a few Mishnahs ago, means that we don't round it off, we don't draw a circle around the city, and then start measuring the 2,000 amas, Rather, as we said, we draw an imaginary straight line where the last building is, and all of the 2,000 Amas for the entire city begins over there, at least in that direction, begins from there, such that one would gain the corners, he would gain a lot more distance to travel, because instead of drawing a circle, we draw a square, so all of the corners where a circle would not have, this would be um, included in where he can travel, and the 2,000 Amas is only measured from after there.